0: Hello there and welcome to this episode of An Irishman Abroad, a special one from the vault with Ronan O'Gara. And when people ask me, what is your favourite Irishman Abroad episode, in terms of sport, I always go back to this chat. A very special one, which we probably got more emails about this episode than we did any other up to that point. I caught Ronan at a really unusual transition in his life and I guess the dust had settled on his career and he had a greater perspective on things. I was massively grateful we could have gone for another three hours. But today we're going to pull it out of the vault, particularly now that uh, we see the Joey Carberry, Johnny Sexton situation with history repeating itself in a way. It's It's pretty timely to hear this conversation with Ronan. The other reason it's timely is My wife, Tina, who, of course, my co-host on Honey, You're Ruining Our Kid, is in the vulnerable category and contracted COVID this week. It uh, flipped our world on its head and it was pretty scary, I'll be honest, for a bit. Uh, Didn't look great and uh, she wasn't responding super to the whole thing. But thanks to a little bit of luck and an awful lot of antiviral medicine, Things are pointed in the right direction. We're not there yet, but uh, we'll get there and there's there's life in her yet. I'm in absolute awe of how she's dealt with it, how terrifying it must be. I'll, I can only imagine. Uh, but Mikey and I have been trying to keep the ship afloat. But uh, as a result, I had to pull a couple of interviews this week uh, and uh, we will obviously make up for that. But one other way that I'm going to make up for it is I'm happy to announce that Three brand new episodes that you can listen to now. So if you've already listened to Ronan, go over and listen to a brand new mini-series that I made for Irish Life called the My Life Podcast. It is a series of wellness and mental health conversations with three very special guests. Usheen McConville, who you'll know from this show in the past, Ashling B and, of course, Shane Lowry. Now, it's an ongoing conversation, so the three episodes link together and we really do dig into... What mental health means to each of them and the challenges they've faced across their careers. I'm so proud to have made this little mini series, and our hope is to make more episodes. But the only way we can do that is if you listen to it. So pop over there. You can listen to both. You listen to Ronan and these three episodes. But I'm happy to announce these, and hope that you will go over there and enjoy them. It's the Irish Life, My Life podcast with me, as I said, Ashling B, Oisin McConville, and uh, Shane Lowry massive laughs it's not all very serious stuff it's great fun and some really concrete advice if you are struggling physically or mentally with your health Uh, we talk about their journeys and uh, i got an awful lot out of it i think you will too but for now sit back and relax and enjoy this episode from the vault with ronan ogara
1: that's the small talk now let's get down to business now your program what's the big idea
0: Well, they have learned to know the Irish much better. We've now got to know how largely their mind works.
1: I moved over here and immediately I had to up my game.
0: I could not have done the job I I did for quite a number of years in Ireland. I had to go and learn my living in England. I think a lot of it's in my hair. I think there's a lot of Ireland in here. I had an Irish upbringing. 20 years after an Irishman couldn't get a fucking job Ronan O'Gara, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I mean, my initial reaction when you said you do it today of all days before uh, European Cup semi-final at 8 o'clock in the morning in Nottingham, I honestly thought maybe he has the date wrong, maybe I have the date of that match wrong. I mean, the thought of doing a press interview before a game as a player at this moment must have been unthinkable. Does it shock you at all that you come to this point now in your life where you know you're coaching here and you've no problem doing this
1: well i think yeah i make it very clear i don't look upon it as a as a press interview maybe that's my error but um <laughs> jerry Franny would be a good friend of mine going back and when you get recommended something by a friend mm. um I'm aware of the amount of people that listen to this and the value created in something so for me it's um, a chat to a fellow Irishman I'm not really look upon it as work it's I have an hour off I'm living in Paris otherwise it wouldn't have happened so um, I have to park today's action but that will commence at 9am well, uh,
0: I really do appreciate it, and what we did with Jerry, and you know, what we did with Brian and Shane, and all these guys, including Keith Wood, was we went right back to start with. And uh, w- one of the things that I, I know you've spoken about, but uh, it really is the fork in the road of your life in some ways, is that year where you had a kind of a wobble as a youngster, hanging around with, as you describe, tough bunch of lads, smoking some cigarettes. Drinking Club Shandy, maybe the least tough guy drink in the world. But your your parents kind of had to pull you up on it and move you somewhere else. What was the moment that brought about that change? And do you distinctly remember, I was on one path and now I'm on another?
1: No, I think, obviously, um, it's important I clarify that, I suppose, because um, I had a wonderful youth, I had a great... Experience growing up in Bishopstown. And it gave me, I think, toughness. It gave me competitiveness and it gave me an eye about um, what the surviving was about. They were great guys there. I was a competitor as a young fella and I loved playing all sports and that was where you got tested against fellas that were be happy to knock you out. And um, I enjoyed that. But in terms of, I think, fork in the road and me potentially ending up in jail wasn't an option um (laughs) i think obviously when you're writing a book and people who go through it it's sometimes you have to stress the point but um i think what i was trying to describe is that it was it was hard at times it was brilliant at times they were good guys Mm. like every young fella you had to taste the johnny blue you know i mean that was just part of growing up hiding in the palm tree smoking and drinking and um you know, you just um, hope your own kids tell you when they're due, but they won't tell you. Yeah, sure. Um, but now that you're a parent, it, it's it's a, f- a fear, obviously, but you just have to... A goal of mine will be to try and treat them not as sons, but as brothers. And I think that's, f- for me, important, that there are no boundaries and that I can encourage them that way because, you know, as a sports person, the rules are different. The mindset is different. I've had a crazy hugely rewarding career life but as a kicker I think I see it a little bit different probably to other people so I think for me it's important that you have the capacity to adapt and sure and I've gone off on a tangent no a I know, that's okay you've asked me but getting back to that I think it was um no the people of Bishopstone the young people of Bishopstone the friends I had there were great guys it was just the fact that Possibly in the lower levels of the school I was in, the direction they w- were going probably wasn't where my parents saw mm-hmm. was the right way for me to go. And I'm lucky in the fact that um, you know, I mean, I've I've a wonderful relationship with my mum and dad, and and that's something you only appreciate when you nearly hit forty. I think it's when you when you're too cool for school when you're young, it's something that you don't pay any time to, but you know more than anyone there are the two that shape you and thankfully they've shaped me well yeah I mean I, I certainly look back on that
0: period uh, of my youth when you know we're all making kind of silly decisions uh, a lot of them are based on being the cool guy and trying to you know it looks cool to be smoking even though I taste these taste horrible
1: and I had asthma as well as a young fella <laughs> it was like, like it, sense. it was you know, I, mean, I think smog uh, content was quite high back there, and you're still trying to smoke c- c- cigarettes, and it's absolutely killing you. You know, but as you say, image and is everything. It is, and
0: you go to Prez. Then that's what I mean about the fork in the road, because in Prez, you say you started to take it seriously. You start the training, as you describe in the book, is relentless. Uh, you you first meet Declan Kidney there. And you said by your own admission that some people would have described you as cocky then. Uh, was that,
1: again, just like the smoking, was that all front? Yeah, I think so, because at that age, what have you to be cocky about, you know what I mean? You're a school's rugby player. Well, why would people have called you but cocky? B- because um, I think it's the normal assumption if you're a skinny, bland, uh, white-haired kid with a long fringe. And I was obviously trying to be cool but like i think that looking back nearly has to be the case you have to have some bit of authority if you want to be an old half in a school's team as well mm. so you have to have a little bit of presence sure and attitude and a cheekiness and that's survival more but like i you know what i mean i can most definitely tell you that it was uh it was fake cockiness you know what I mean because there's no building blocks put in place it's not as if you have a, a mountain of games to, f- to fall back on when when things go paraship you're playing the game free back then with just your mates and fellas that you really care about with a great structure from a very good school and that's what it was but we trained hard very hard and it was too hard for some fellas and, and they went and concentrated on their leaving cert
0: sure uh, now y- you're actual confidence the real stuff the seed of it must have started when you scored this drop goal in the junior cup as you describe in the uh, book that this is the first real headline that's made about your career were you at that point and uh, now feeling like well i was justified to be cocky no was there, I uh, I think,
1: like this is 15 yeah it's, I love that age though because oh, geez, it really does uh, Sunday morning <laughs> I wasn't uh, I knew I'd be challenged this morning but um, <laughs> I think um, no I think that was because you don't know you can do it you don't know you mm. can do it to kick a drop goal in near injury time from a touchline you know what I mean you just it's new to me and, and believe me I know people probably sticks and. I'll older people than me have said it to me in the past that that was some drop goal, you know what I mean? But like, it was some drop goal for me too because I didn't have a clue I could do that. You know what I mean? Because it's not as if I had the head of a professional rugby player that I was taking drop goals like in a bit of a set routine that I would have done in later stages of my career. So for me, it was like, geez, did that go over? Wow, (laughs) you know? Because I think people sometimes forget that irrespective of what's written and what people say like why you do it is because you get some buzz out of it yourself as well which is mm. the most important thing you don't do it to please sorry in terms of like yeah you know playing with monster you've got supporters but like for anyone that's wor- has self drive why people do things is because they want to do it mm-hmm. and I think sometimes that gets lost you know what I mean And the fact that like if you follow Munster geez fair play that was a brilliant day and going to the match but like the person doing it actually gets gets a tremendous tremendous boost out of doing something that he's trained all week to do as well Sure and I would say that getting that early
0: buzz as you describe, I mean the bug must have properly bitten at that point because the high of doing it when you didn't know I'm going to swing at this and see does this happen you must be on board 110% from that point because you've proven it to yourself you can do it and you must be a part of you that thinks well what
1: else can i do yeah i think it's important also maybe to to stress that the great thing about i think rugby is it's it's, it's such a a team game and i think that's very important i think that's what attracted me to play the game i think because really back then, I, I know the shapes are changing nowadays, but it was a game for everyone and mm-hmm. there was a position for everyone. There was a position for every personality and you combine that into... People talk about 15 or 23 in squads, but like there's 40 training, you know what I mean? So like, picture that back in school. It's a good laugh and it's a good area to be for, for a young fella. It's mm-hmm. a great opportunity. It's a great time of your life and I think this emphasis on the person I think it's easy looking back in hindsight and saying it worked out but there wasn't much emphasis on the person there was an emphasis on on being part of a team and playing but like it wasn't as if um, I was a standout player I didn't kick a ball in school at the posts till I was 19 years of age because I wasn't good enough you know what I mean so people listen as well and it's if I get called to when I'm in Paris, the, you know, I mean, it's. I was doing a bit of it at home, but when you're playing, your head is different. But now you stopped, you can kind of appreciate that it, that the rugby was went well for me. And um, you get called, and I'm out to, um, for example, like Highfield under 12s when were on a trip to Paris. So they said, "Would you come out and see Youngfield?" I was there to the fella going like, "Are you for real? Like, what do you want me to go over there for? Like, it's, these guys are under twelve. I'm finished three years. They don't have a clue." You know, and he was kind of like I think a bit taken aback on, but like yeah. I don't. What do you mean they didn't have a clue? You're like, a,
0: what is what I, I, is a man I, I, of your
1: age going to say to under twelve year olds? But in the fact that I presume I, in my head that stage is finished. I okay. I, I you know what I mean? The, there's Connor Murray's. now, there's Keith Earls. Yeah, there's those are the guys. Sexton, you know what I mean? That's and that's in my head. I've made that adjustment where that's the book closed on playing no it's all about coaching which is a different different headset completely 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 and I I went out and I spoke to them and it was just I was taken aback by the knowledge they had the interest they had and it was a mo- it's a much more innocent time
0: that you played it in like you say you kicked up all of the posts until you were 19 yeah, and
1: these kids had this knowledge they were under 12 well, I can remember filling out a form for a scholarship in UCC to apply for it you know what I mean and that's probably the one time where it stood you had to write down your goals and I think if history proves me right I think I wrote down I want to play for Ireland and looking back and that is it's a It's a crazy thing to see in print, you know. This is, um,
0: you brought it up already, and we may as well go to it straight away. It's like the conversations that you've had in the last 12 months are about the finality of retirement. And here we are on the day of European Cup semi-final. And it feels like when I read it all and I see it all, that you're going to France is in a weird kind of roundabout way your journey home how much of winning today
1: will help you get to that place where you can return to Munster you know what it's a good question but it's, it's probably a very interesting question in the fact that that's where the head was for the first 12 months everything getting back to Munster but now it's completely different really? I know I look upon myself as uh, well I'm hoping to look upon myself uh, as a cre- credible professional coach so the goalposts, posts the agenda everything has changed So I will, in my head, I want to compete. I want to win. So I'll go where I think the best place for me to go is. And in some ways, that is is a big stage in
0: emigration. In that the first year that you meet someone who's moved away, the chat is all about how I'm going to get home. But in some ways, you have to plant your roots. You have to plant your feet and go, no, I'll stay here.
1: For as long as it takes would you agree with that yeah absolutely and it's it i think i'm only well nearly stay what year three completion and i think it's still it's in my head i'm here while well, i'm in paris for another three years it's not in my wife and family's head that i'm here for another three years there was difficulty in the f- in accepting that i think and and difficulty in that you had to go home and explain i'm thinking of staying for another three years yeah because like you know because that's the most important thing is jess and the kids and if they're struggling or in sufferance then my career doesn't matter because i've she sacrificed everything for 17 years already as a player you know that kind of way so like the ca- the constant suffering cannot continue and i hope i've made that adjustment in terms of not being as selfish as i was as a player because mm-hmm. like if anyone knows that you know what i mean if you play over 100 tests you, you've got to be the most selfish person possible because it's just the norm because that's the that's the game you're in it's all about you performing on a saturday and you don't have to be an asshole all the week but there are definitely huge mood swings involved in being a kicker, being a professional rugby player and being very, very proud of playing for Ireland, playing for Munster and comes with that comes massive responsibility. It's not as if I was happy with making an impact for a few years. I wanted to be the best I could for as long as I could and that's a big thing to say and it's a big thing to try and back up and um, I've no problem admitting that that's what I went after and I was part of a of a great group that had really high standards and made my time extremely special. The chat we had out in the lobby was about
0: you know the similarities between my career and yours in that as a stand-up you're you're ultimately responsible uh, for the success or failure of the thing and as a kicker in the same way it comes down to you it's just you and Uh, And that one focal point in in that moment, I heard a conversation with another comic who I won't name, who said that there was a point at which his wife turned to him and said, the misery that this is bringing you is much more than the highs that you're getting out of this. (laughs) And I wonder, uh, was there ever a conversation with, with Jess where she said, this is making you more unhappy than it's making you happy? as a player as a coach sorry as a player Um. because his wife put to him can you make an argument for continuing doing this for another 17 years if this is the level of upset that it brings you
1: yeah but if you get that level of disillusion about something it obviously means so much to you so there has to be something there that you can tweak to hopefully achieve your goals because that's what life is about? It's a battle, of you against you, isn't it? Mm. Like a lot of people fall into the trap of pleasing other people at a perception, but the only person who knows you is you. Yeah. So every day it's a battle, and well, every day it's it's a game.
0: Because what he said was that he's a very successful comic again. I won't name who he is, but he still thinks of himself as a shit comic. Like he still goes home and kind of knows in the back of his mind got away with that a little bit you know your own tricks now self-doubt was a big part of your career for you you said it was how you motivated yourself was believing that i I, am doubting yourself that i'm not as good as i could be and doubting yourself in the lead up to games like you described uh sleepless nights vomiting just shitting yourself before these huge events and living through that because in some ways your brain is playing a trick on you mm. that even though all these drop goals have happened in the last minute that your percentages are there. But your brain is kind of tricking you into going, No, you're not as good as you think
1: and you can always get better Yeah, but it's very I think easy to answer that and the fact that Thankfully over time the the you know, statistically the kicking percentages were there, the was last minute drop goals, but like the past the past is no good it's not relevant, it's relevant in terms of it gives you a bit of a comfort blanket in terms of confidence, but you're going one way, you're going forward, you're going, if that happens three times in a row, three uh, subpar performances, the heat comes on, which ultimately in, in in my game would mean we have to look at change in this guy. You know what I mean? People sometimes, with your mind playing tricks with you, when you're that player, you think that you're there forever and they'll never change it but you don't think like a management he wants his best players on the pitch all the time so that was a big fear for me was the fact that I wanted to make sure I was one of the best players on the team not being on the team wasn't good enough I had to be so that for me was why I put myself under pressure but I think I needed under pressure and then the latter stages the more the pressurised occasion I think I'm more my body needed it because, at that stage, it needed more adrenaline. It needed more juices flowing, and when it got to that stage, it was easy to perform.
0: There's so much made of how the international thing ended. Why don't why don't we just talk about that very, very quickly? Because it occurred to me in the car on the way up here that everybody talks about how you know Declan Kidney pulled a rug. Uh, you've received thousands of letters of support on this issue. You're probably blue in the face talking about it. But part of you must know. That you also took away the chance for yourself to be selected again. And that it must at some point in your mind think, I don't think Declan cut me thinking I'd retire.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think um it's it's a it's a really, really distant memory that greeting. Really? Yeah. It's um if I, can, I don't recall it because it's not something that um, means anything to me. I don't have a, a grudge against Dickie Kidney. I don't have a grudge against what happened. I think mm. that happened. I went for a cross kick to Rob Kearney that 99 times over 100 I could do in my sleep. And on that day, I, I misexecuted it. The thought process was right, which was the most important thing, I think, when you're looking at it from a coaching point of view, no, but it, I didn't execute it and I put the team under pressure and I came on when we were, I think, just gone behind at that stage and usually it would be, Raj, fixed fix this, but I didn't fix it on that day and it did, you know, I mean, with, with games against, um, I think, was it France and Italy remaining, then I wasn't in the, in the squad for those games.
0: You've talked about presence in, in the past, and you've maintained that the presence of players, even if not selected, is important sometimes. Did you think at all that maybe yeah don't don't select me, but bring me along
1: no, to be fair he 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 asked that I want to come up for um for the training week, but then i I wouldn't be named in the twenty three so he did ask yeah. yeah, did I want to come up to the to the um no, sorry, the way he said it to me, would you be okay if i didn't name you? And I said, Dicky, you name the squad. If I'm naming that squad, I'll be in Carton House. No doubt about it. I will be in Carton House because, for me, it's really important about... At that stage, I was doing a lot of this because I wanted to, you know I mean, to be a coach, be a manager. So I was seeing things from everyone's different perspective. So that was a typical um, decky moment in that it was two phone calls and I didn't really know what he was saying. I don't know that he, because it was obviously a bit difficult for him, but he was telling me, one, I, I'm not in the squad. And then he was saying, are you coming up to training?" I said, Decky, you just tell me I'm not in the squad. He said, and he said, are you okay if I don't name you in the squad? I said, you know what I mean? It's not a decision for the player whether you name yourself in the squad or not. Mm-hmm. If I I'm, if I'm receive an email and my name is in the squad, I'm there, even though I'm not even I'm number 23 to 30, I'm there. Mm -hmm. That's irrespective of who we are.
0: It's really interesting to me that you say that it's such a distant memory. And a question I wanted to ask was a lot of the memories the listeners at home and abroad will have of you are etched so firmly in their memory that when they go to Ronan O'Gara now, they picture you in these moments. I wonder how how do you remember these moments? Are they through your eyes or is there a certain point at which the video footage actually replaces the memory you have of looking down at the ball? In which instance, sorry? Say, say these these classic moments that would appear on, say, the
1: DVD that oh, Monster sent I,
0: you. I, um, how vivid are they? And from what perspective it's, are it's they?
1: It's weird because, like, if I, you know, I did it I'm a brand ambassador for Investec and I don't do it's very very I suppose people who find a hard home thinking I'm hopping back to Ireland I very rarely go to Ireland I do a few of the international games on TV and then one or two opportunities for um, Investec and They put up a video of me and um, I must admit I got goose pimples watching it because I was going like that that, that, that's me you know because it's I don't think I sit at home on a laptop replaying uh, YouTube moments of me you know what I mean because You don't do that because Brian did openly admit that he does that and has done that I completely forgotten about um, certain I suppose try assists and stuff like that I was going that guy could play And literally no memory No Nothing no, I just didn't. Uh, no, and it's, it's nothing to do with the concussion issue. You know what I mean? Even though yes, we would disagree, but like I don't, um, I don't, I didn't recall a lot of it on the video, not one bit. But I think that was a little bit. maybe be linked to I think what has happened in terms of finishing against in a semi final against Claremont, which would be three years to this day. Semi final, mm-hmm. and I was probably anticipating a slow and steady burner of a year working in wrestling with the the Espoir team which would be the academy team Mm -hmm. finding my feet and having a nice little time to adjust but like I was brought in as a third coach so there was two head coaches two uh, coaches and you and 40 professional players that are some of them are handy (laughs) and are good players so I haven't had a moment to to scratch. If you can, if you can, just put yourself into my headspace for a little bit. So you have to present on a Monday and a Thursday in French. It's a new career. It's you've finished. There's a top fourteen. There's European Cup. There's a club without a culture. Like it's uh, when I, I I actually had time. I was thinking about that in the flight when I closed my eyes coming over here. In terms of um, that's I I've fallen into a place where right i've no right with my coaching credentials to be mm-hmm. but thankfully they have to be some bit impressed because i'm persistent i'm i have a good work ethic i think and i have a good attitude so i have i hopefully bring something to the team but like in terms of where you are it's not a kind of a team where you're seventh or eight in the top 14 and you're out of europe in the pool stages and you're able to find your feet a bit this is nearly um, it's I'm on a roller coaster but I look upon it I don't see any break from retirement to playing yeah it's just been a blink of an eye retiring to coaching yeah so like that treadmill now has been going for a long long time and I need to take care of it you know
0: so there you have it, the first half of my conversation with Ronan O'Gara. Oh, my Lord, do we have rugby episodes for you in the vault. Everyone from Keith Wood to uh, Dunico Callaghan uh, to Shane Horgan. Uh, I mean, you name them, we've had them on the show. And if you sign up over at patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad, you get unlimited access to the vault. Three. Full episodes each week. Woman with Sonia on Tuesday, Irishman Running Abroad. Marion McCone on a Friday, The Irishman in America. And of course, our big interviews, which would usually be in this place this Sunday. But I want to remind you one more time about the little mini series that I've made for Irish life called the My Life podcast. It's something I'm immensely proud of. We worked on for a long time. And as a result, we've got three conversations about uh, mental wellness and physical fitness with uh, three superstars, Oshin McConville, Ashling B, Shane Lowry. Head over; it's up on Apple uh, podcast now, so you can stream it and download it wherever you are in the world. A huge thanks to Brian Connolly for being so understanding this week and helping me through this. To Tina, get well soon. We're nearly there. I hope we're nearly there. Uh, the this week has has been uh, something I'll never forget. I want to say thanks to everybody who is in touch, uh, to Mikey for being a little stallion all week and to everyone who is still pushing me going, you can still break 20 next Saturday. (laughs) Well, you know, it does put everything in context. I'll say that. Uh, I will be there at Lee Valley Olympic Park next Saturday. But uh, breaking 20 is the goal. But, you know, it's not uh, the most important thing to me is that we get Tina right and uh, get her safely through this. But thanks again to everyone, and thanks to Ronan O'Gara, of course, for this incredible episode. Come on over and hear the rest of it at patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad.